Hey, my whizzes, and welcome to season nine and episode 100 of the Food Biz Whiz podcast. Whether this is the very first episode that you have ever listened to, or you've been around since the very beginning, thank you for being here. In today's show, we're going to talk about those inevitable no's that you get as you pitch to wholesale buyers and how to turn them around into a heck Yes. Now to go along with this episode and to celebrate the 100th show here, we've got a super valuable free download for you. It is my list of 100 possible no's that you are going to hear from those wholesale buyers. Now, why do you want a list of rejections? You might ask. It is simple. So we must anticipate the rejections. We must prepare for the objections so we can make a plan on how to overcome them. Once we know what a buyer might say or might not say to us, right, about carrying our product line, you can figure out how to craft a rebuttal that works every single time for every single situation. In this download, you're going to get my comprehensive list of all the reasons that I used to say no to product lines when I was a grocery buyer, and you'll be asked to brainstorm exactly how you'll reply to each one. So with that list, you will be completely ready to pitch and persuade any wholesale account moving forward. You can find that link directly in our show notes and click through to grab it for free. All right, so let's get going with this episode. In today's show, I'm going to walk you through why a buyer says no, what to think through when you hear that any buyer's objection, plus how to respond and how to change the conversation. Let's get right to it. You're listening to Food Biz Whiz, the weekly podcast for everyone in the packaged food industry. Join your host, Allie Ball, to learn how to launch, grow, and scale your business. You'll hear real-life examples from her time as a professional grocery buyer, interviews with CPG experts, and listen in on actual client coaching sessions. Let's get going. This episode is brought to you by Retail Ready, my online course for producers of packaged product who are looking to grow their wholesale accounts. Retail Ready is opening for enrollment very soon. Through videos, workbooks, checklists, templates, live coaching calls with me, and daily access to me and my team in our private online group, Retail Ready has all the tools that you need to increase your sales through wholesale accounts, whether that's in traditional brick and mortar outlets or through e-commerce platforms. The first step to find out more about Retail Ready is to join my free masterclass on the three steps to growing your package food business, which I'll link to here in today's show notes. That hour-long webinar is jam-packed with advice that you can use to kickstart your growth right now, plus information on Retail Ready, on my past clients, and how we can work together. Sign up via the link in my show notes, and I will see you there. Okay, my whizzes, I love these episodes where I get to spill the dirt on the brains of the buyer. I know how hard it is to get grocery buyers to actually talk and give you the time of day. So when I launched Food Biz Whiz, I was determined to do exactly that. 
Before we get into it today, I want to clarify that in today's episode, we are talking about wholesale buyer knows, not consumer knows, not those shopper knows, right? So when I say buyer, I'm talking about the person who you who you have to convince to carry your products on their shelves. So whether that's at Whole Foods or at your local corner store or an e-tailer like thrivemarket.com or even in an alternative channel, right? Like convincing the bar manager at a restaurant to use your simple syrup in their cocktails or convincing that, gosh, that nursing home office manager that your tea should be stocked in their dining hall, right? So those are all wholesale accounts and they all require someone to buy your product for that sales channel. So the use of the word buyer should not be confused with the word consumer or shopper because convincing that other segment, the consumer or the shopper, is a topic for a whole other episode. All right. So when I say buyer, I specifically mean wholesale buyer in this episode. Let's start from the top. Understanding why a buyer says no to your product line in the first place. Well, as I mentioned in the intro, we've got that free download for you in the show notes, and it outlines 100 possible scenarios in which a buyer would say no no to your product line. When you review that list, you will be able to highlight the ones that are most relevant to your product line, and you're going to come up with a rebuttal for every single one of them. What I want to highlight here in the show, as opposed to that free download, is that no matter what the buyer says the reason is for saying no, the underlying reason is that they don't trust that your product is going to help them hit their buyer goals. So for example, on that download of 100 no's, you'll you'll see the buyer may say something like, we already carry a product line that's too similar to yours, right? I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard that no. Or perhaps your shelf life is too short, right? We get that a lot as well. So when you hear that, when that buyer says, no, sorry, we already carry a product that's too similar to yours, what they really mean, and I want you to hear this, what they really mean is they don't trust that your product is going to be worth it to bring in, replacing that similar product. They don't trust that your brand is going to do a better job than than the brand that they currently have on the shelf. And why don't they trust you? It is because you haven't convinced them that you are trustworthy and that you are going to help them achieve their buyer goals right? So again, using that example above, if you hear something like, no, sorry, your shelf life is too short, that buyer is really saying, no, sorry, I don't trust that your product is going to sell before it expires. So it's crucial that you recognize this and that you always remember the real reason why buyers bring in new product lines. It's to help them meet their buyer goals. So typically those goals are around increasing sales in your category or padding margin in your category or reducing spoilage or some other measurable metric for your categories. Buyers do not bring in new products because they're delicious or because you've got cute packaging or because you're locally made, right? So sure, all of those can factor into their decision on whether or not they're going to carry your product line. But at the end of the day, it's the buyer's metrics that matter over how delicious your almond butter is. All right. So that is why a buyer says no. It's because they don't trust you and they don't trust you because you have not created a convincing enough of a pitch that that 
allowed them to, to trust you, to do just that, right? So while that might seem like tough love, the great news is that now you know this, now that you know this, you know how to fix it, right? Okay, so let's talk that out. Moving on to what to think through when you hear any buyer's objection. Before we do, we are going to stop for a really quick break from this episode's sponsor. Hang tight. If you've been enjoying these episodes, imagine what it would be like to ask clarifying questions directly to me and have my assistants working through your strategy on these topics. Well, you can. My Retail Ready students have access to me live in our private online group and on our monthly coaching calls, and I'd love to see you in there as well. Retail Ready enrollment opens again really soon and kicks off with my free masterclass on the three steps to growing your packaged food business. I have that linked here in the show notes, and I can't wait for you to join to learn more about me and how I work with clients, to find out whether Retail Ready is the right fit for you, and to learn my three steps to growing your packaged food biz. Come join me via the link in the show notes, and I'll see you there. Okay, we are back, and now it's time to figure out how you can turn that no into a yes. We just agreed that there's a trust issue when that buyer says no. So the first thing that you need to do to get that when you get that buyer rejection is frankly to hear what they're saying and process that rejection. Now, I don't mean process it as in like sit around and accept the no and feel your feelings about being rejected. I mean, you can do that too. But what I mean here is that you've got to actually let yourself hear that feedback instead of getting defensive, frustrated, or automatically thinking that that buyer is a jerk who doesn't recognize how awesome your product is, right? I see this happen all the time. (laughs) You as a producer get some negative feedback and you're quick to cast it off and say that person didn't really get your product, or maybe they were just in a grumpy mood and they were taking it out on you. Well, I do think this happens, right? There is some reality to that. And I do talk about the importance of not listening to everyone's opinions I do think it's important to actually hear and process feedback, especially when it comes from an industry professional, like a buyer. So oftentimes there is an ounce of truth in the feedback and we can let our ego get in the way. Um, And so when we can, when we put that aside, when we do let our ego sit and take the back seat, we can gain some valuable insight from hearing that tough criticism. This is particularly true if the same feedback comes up over and over again. If it becomes a pattern, you know it's worth hearing. Great. Okay. So you put your ego aside and you get that buyer no. And then what comes next? It is time to run their rejection through your trust filter, trying to identify what exactly they're hesitant about in your product line and why they don't trust your product will help them hit their goals. So this is where you've got to do the work. And you've got to get a little creative and have that hard talk with yourself. Or truthfully, if you are a retail ready student and you are listening to this podcast episode and you get a no, come post it in our student group. We will help you work through this part. Okay. So you take that no and you ask yourself, what is the subtext of this? And where is the trust missing in this potential relationship? Again, let's use an example from our 100 no list. So if that buyer says something like, 
no, sorry. (laughs) Your packaging is so fragile and I'm afraid it's going to break on our shelves. What conclusion can you come up with when you run that sentence through that trust filter? I'll give you this one for free. Okay. That buyer doesn't trust that your packaging is going to hold up with the wear and tear of the shelf and that shoppers in turn aren't going to buy your product because it looks beat up or the product inside is broken, right? Well, I had this happen with a client. They were making cookies in a little two-pack in a clear bag. And that bag, I mean, that, that two-pack was so wonderful for like a little grab-and-go thing. But that clear bag, while it was really cute and it showed the cookie, was super fragile. And it kept literally like falling off the shelf. And then the cookies inside would would break and the shopper would see the broken cookies and wouldn't purchase. We had a major like uh, spoilage. I mean, they weren't spoiling, but you know, breakage spoilage issue on our hands and buyers were saying no because of it. Okay. So got it. When you review that list of 100 no's, you'll want to run each one through that trust filter so that you know what the buyer is really thinking when they give you that one liner no. So finally, okay, you've got that no. You understand the subtext of the rejection and you get, you get, like you understand why that buyer doesn't trust your product line. Now, how do you respond and fix it? This is the $10 million question. So the answer luckily is pretty simple. You address it head on with your buyer response. So again, the mistake that I see here time and time again is just accepting those no's and letting the conversation drop. It is one of my all-time favorite things to see inside of Retail Ready when a student posts that they previously got a buyer no prior to working through our content, and then they turned it around into a yes once they understood how to speak the language of wholesale and how to reframe that buyer conversation using our scripted success workbook. It is really cool to watch. So take this as your permission slip (laughs) to keep that conversation going, even after you get a no from a buyer. If you hear one, run their no through that trust filter, right? And respond head on why to why they don't have trust in you and give them a reason to change your mind. So let's go back to that example of a short shelf life. I feel like that's a good one here. That buyer said that they didn't want to carry your freshly baked muffins because you have only a five day shelf life. I bet some of you are nodding along. You're like, mm-hmm, that's me. <laughs> Fair enough. We now know what that buyer really meant was that they don't trust that your products are going to sell within five days and that he or she is likely nervous about having spoiled product and losing margin, right? So how do we respond here? We address it head on. Here's what I would say. Here's my best pitch back. I would say... I hear you on the five-day shelf life, and I understand why you'd be nervous about selling before they expire each week. We have successfully overcome this with 27 retail locations and counting. So here's what I can offer for you. We will do guaranteed sales for the first 60 days of opening this new account with you, and we'll do delivery three times a week instead of two times a week for those first two months until we can really determine the ordering rhythm and ensure you don't have any spoilage. With this introductory offer, we've successfully opened and retained those 27 other wholesale accounts, and I'm sure that we can replicate success with you. 
Now, how did that sound, you guys? I like to think it was a pretty great counter argument because of a few reasons. Let's outline what worked. So first, I used that stat of 27 other retail accounts to prove to that buyer that I've successfully done this before. Next, I offered guaranteed sales on my perishable product for the first 60 days. He or she has no risk of losing money off that product because I have just offered to pay for spoils. Third, I acknowledged that it takes a little while to get in a sales and ordering rhythm, and I've offered to do delivery three times a week while we both get the hang of it. Again, there's no risk for that buyer. I've taken out any reason why they wouldn't trust that I could replicate success in their store. That is until, gosh, they're likely to come back with some other no, and I would repeat that same exact process. Okay. Again, I want to make sure I'm sure you realize here that my rebuttal was specific to my fresh baked muffin company that has a five day shelf life. Don't just replicate that exact rebuttal because it may not work for your brand. And of course, that's where the strategy comes in. You've got to figure out what is going to work for your brands and the accounts that you are pitching. So these steps take practice and trial and error and confidence. But now you, now that you know why a buyer says no, how to run your rejection through that trust filter and how to counter our offer, you are in a much better position to get your products on the shelf. All right. With that, my whizzes, we are coming to the end of our 100th episode of the Food Biz Whiz podcast. Gosh, where have these past two years gone? Remember, like I said, grab that free download that I have of my 100 buyer knows, and you'll be even more positioned for success here. Once you do, please join me in celebrating this big milestone of my 100th episode by sending me a DM, tagging me in your Instagram stories as you listen, and continuing the conversation with me in our Food Biz Whiz Facebook group. All of these are linked in today's show notes. So thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in and for sharing. Here is to 100 more episodes. (laughs) I can't wait to see where we are two years from now. So cheers, my whizzes. I'll see you right back here next week with episode number 101. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Food Biz Whiz, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you never miss a beat. Hungry for more? Check out www.foodbizwiz.com. That's food, B-I-Z-W-I-Z.com for detailed show notes from all episodes. Thanks again for tuning in and stay busy.